You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, folks, despite Eurostar's best efforts, we, the tennis podcast, myself, David, Matt, have made it to Paris. They tried to thwart us. They threw everything in our direction. They definitely did thwart me. But David, (laughs) David would not be thwarted. We have made it to Paris. We come to you from our Airbnb uh, where we're watching Match of the Day. <laughs> and that's not me doing a sort of 1970s comedy French accent. That is the actual name of the show we are watching. And we're very happy to be here, um, despite the absolute trauma that the travel gods put us through today, David. Yeah, it wasn't quite what we expected. We, we built in hours on end. And it still wasn't enough because a, a lightning strike, we were told. And I don't think I've ever look, seen Matt look more cynical about a public service announcement than the one that they said had caused us to have a two and a half hour delay before we even that got... That wasn't even the first delay, David. Could we just row back, please? <laughs> there was a delay before we even departed... Traffic. St. Pan- traffic. Traffic on a the train track. The cheek of them making an announcement to say we're delayed due to traffic. And then lightning on a glorious day. Yeah. yeah, we came out the other side of the tunnel in Calais and you couldn't see a cloud anywhere. And don't give me lightning last night because several trains before us went through mm. no problem at all. It's all very fishy, quite frankly. And uh, <laughs> I do think that Eurostar should be reimbursing the snacks and alcohol that I had simply no choice but to purchase. And boy, did you. About uh, 90 minutes into the delay. Um, so, folks, we have made it to Paris. We didn't make it to the draw. So this French Open draw show is going to be a banger. Uh, yes. That's a bit of spotting up. We haven't talked about the argument with the taxi driver yet. Oh, well, I thought if we chronologically detailed everything that went wrong with the journey then there would simply be no draw chat um yeah i mean it's it is simply unacceptable to accept a fare and declare afterwards that your card machine is broken it's 2022 which i said to him i think my favorite bit was when you said that in french yeah (laughs) 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 um yeah, and he just sort of pointed to his broken card card reader. and Which he said got, he'd broken himself. Yeah, like, I understand what your issue is, mate, but... 
<laughs> not our problem. Unacceptable. I didn't expect to be peacekeeping between a, a French taxi driver and Catherine talking in French and me mm. coming out with a bit of brummy. It, it was quite amazing all day. The contrast in facial expressions. <laughs> Every time I looked over at David thinking, surely something's got to him by now. Nope. Smiling away. I was delighted. David saw nothing but content opportunities in my misery. <laughs> anyway, and, and also, I wasn't my best self today, folks, but Eurostar is entirely to blame. Yeah, I mean, I do have certain puppy-like qualities of keeping jolly, but I, I do think it's because I'm coming to Paris for the first time for the French Open. I've just been... I don't think anything is going to get me down. <laughs> I've been don't just, tempt fate, David. All right, well, yeah, okay, some things would, but... No, I was just, I've just had the best time going on a train with you two and uh, watching Catherine have snacks and, and other things <laughs> and then getting here and having a, having, a, having a lovely dinner and missing the draw and mm. walking into the apartment and, and actually saying to Matt, so should we go to the draw? And we were already 10 minutes into it. Yeah. Uh, so we decided were against it. That wasn't what you were saying on the train, I know. Matt. The I look know. of absolute despair on your face. He wistfully draws. gazed out of the window and just went, oh, I really love draws. I do love draws. And especially French Open, because it's still a proper draw, mm. which, are, which is an increasingly rare thing in tennis. They do it properly here. And unfortunately, we missed it. But through the magic of technology, we are able to tell you what happened in the draw and, um, well, it's sort of explosive scenario one, isn't it, in the men's draw? There were, there were, in the men's draw, the one thing everyone was looking out for was Djokovic, Alcaraz, Nadal, the potential for them all to fall in the same half. Well, that's happened. And in the women's draw, everyone was looking at unseeded Grand Slam champions, Bianca Andreescu and Naomi Osaka. And, okay, Andreescu's got, drawn a qualifier Naomi Osaka has drawn former semi-finalist here, Amanda Anisimova, in a rematch, or what will be a rematch, of their brilliant encounter at the Australian Open earlier this year. So let's deal with the the Alcaraz, Nadal, Djokovic of it all first. Are we pleased? Yes. I haven't even finished the sentence. I am. I'm pleased they're all together, and I think lots of people won't be. Because, you know, that can't be the final. It can't be Djokovic versus Nadal or Nadal mm. versus Alcaraz or Alcaraz Djokovic. And in an ideal world, you probably do want that match in the final. I get that. But more than anything, I want that match and those matches to happen. And I think it's more likely, especially with some concern over Nadal's foot, it's more likely that they're going to happen earlier in the draw. And I think we could get a couple of them and they're all tantalizing and i love it i'm i'm very here for them all being thrown together in that top half i think it's fascinating yeah to be clear the projected quarterfinal is nadal against djokovic and then the winner of that would project be projected to meet carlos alcaraz in the semi-finals and get the world's tiniest violin out for alexander zverev <laughs> who also finds himself in that half of the draw he would be alcaraz's uh quarter-final yeah, ima- imagine having to beat alcaraz then the winner of djokovic and, mm. and nadal just and you don't even win the tournament mm. at that point i mean i would if i were him imagine it though because it's not going to happen in real life is mm. it i mean that's just i'd be so- 
surprised, very surprised. If he if he got through Alcaraz, I'd be surprised, to, to be quite honest. And I'll tell you who else likes this draw. Stefanos Tsitsipas, mm. because he has landed in the bottom half, away from those three. Okay, he's got Lorenzo Mazzetti in the first round, which is a difficult first round for sure. But Mazzetti's been injured. I think Tsitsipas backs himself against anyone... I mean, anyone, really, and I would back Tsitsipas against anyone but those three we've mentioned in the top half. So for Tsitsipas, this is a great draw, I think. He's got a really good shot of getting to the final again. Should be reaching the final with that draw. Yeah, I think I, if, he, if he's fit, should be reaching the final. I, I would think so, because the higher seed in his half of the draw is Daniel Medvedev. We know he's not at home on clay. He's also been injured. He's just lost to Richard Gasquet. I mean, not exactly vintage form, is it? <laughs> Remember, uh, 2022, losing to Richard Gasquet, not good. None of these things should be happening um, in 2022. Kasper Ruud is in that half of the draw, so I suppose he's probably the most likely troublesome opponent that Tsitsipas might come up against, but I agree with you. He, 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 you'd be really surprised if he didn't come through and reach the final. Ruud is in the Tsitsipas quarter, so then that bottom quarter of the draw the, is where it, we find Medvedev, Rublev. And I think you, you'd have to say good draw for someone like Ketsmanovic, who's in there. Mm. Someone like Yannick Sinner, who's in there. These are players who can, can get to a Roland Garros semi-final without having to play any of Tsitsipas, Alcaraz, Nadal, Djokovic. They've well, got to they, love that. Sinner's been having a weird time recently, hasn't he? Mm. Bumpy. Mm. But yes, massive opportunity. It's hard. It's very hard to see the projected Medvedev Rublev quarterfinal happening for me. I can definitely see Sitsipas Rude. Mm. I'd be surprised if I don't end up picking that in my predictions. But yeah, Medvedev Rublev seems unlikely this year, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> um, so we think. So we think Sitsipas. On for the final. Would you like to hear some of the things he's been tweeting recently? I'm not sure. Time for that. Uh, okay. He says it's surprising to me that books don't have adver- advertisements between chapters these days. He also says if schools taught actual important life skills like personal finance, relationship values, survival skills, cooking, mental health, sustainable living, or how to make and build things, we'd be living better. And that's just facts. So, life lessons, folks, from Stefanos Tsitsipas. Cheers, Steph. Um, Anything else notable from the men's draw that we'd like to pick out? Where are people like Felix Auger-Aliassime? He is a potential fourth-round opponent for Rafael Nadal. Um, He opens against a qualifier. And there's an interesting little talking point in that top half in that we could have a match between Auger-Aliassime coached by Tony Nadal against Rafael Nadal and we could also have a second round match between Novak Djokovic and Alex Molkan coached by Marion Vider now that would have to be hard for Novak Djokovic yeah. I mean, not hard enough for him to lose the match, I don't think. But I, don't, I don't know. How weird I for him. I don't think I've seen Malkan play, but emotionally, yes, yeah. I, I, I agree. There was a, um, there was a, uh, a moment in Madrid, wasn't there, which I'm not sure we had the opportunity 
to discuss where Nadal, I think it might have been his David Goffin match, and Felix Auger-Aliassim were playing at the same time. I think it might have been when Auger-Aliassim was beating, I'm going to say Sinner. It was, yes. And mm. Tony Nadal had time to depart the nadal Goffin match, go and, go and cheer on Felix and get back in time for <laughs> Nadal's, uh, was that deciding set tie-break win? Yeah, M- missed out on the uh, the post-match or postponed the post-match Auger-Aliassime team talk in order to watch Nadal. Alex Molcan, by the way, is into the semi-final in Lyon this week oh, without right. without dropping a set. He's beaten uh, Songa, Hakshanov and Correa. Well, that's a chance for us to have a look uh, mm. this next couple of days and see what that. And from. I wouldn't have thought Marion Vida would waste his time on somebody that he didn't see genuine potential in. I know he said he wanted to specifically wanted to coach someone from Slovakia, didn't he? Um, yeah, but, I mean, you're right. He he doesn't need to do this. He he clearly wants to, and he mu- I agree with you. You must see something in him. Um, that, that half of the draw generally I find interesting because we've talked about players that we expect to go deep and end up in the semifinals, but Zverev could play Alejandro Davidovich Fakina in the third round. Um, mm. You could have... Carlos Alcaraz against Seb Korda in the third round. Beat him in Monte Carlo, didn't he? Yeah. So that's one of the year's weird results. Yeah, and it was a, it was a weird match. You know, it was, mm. it was pretty error strewn from Alcaraz's point of view. Korda played brilliantly that day, but yeah, there could be more bumps in the road. I suppose I I, I can't see it with Alcaraz. I think that once he gets out at Roland Garros I think we'll see the very best of him personally so do you think we're seeing Djokovic Nadal and we're also seeing Alcaraz versus Djokovic slash Nadal well just it's just all on the foot isn't it for Nadal if he's one one interesting thing with that injury people have reminded me that he he seems to struggle with it because I was saying well why is clay problematic and and it's almost it does seem that there may be more of a problem when he has a layoff for a while. Um, he talked about well, that. He, hasn't he talked he? about that in Australia. Yeah. yeah, that the pandemic was the best thing that's ever happened for his knees and the worst thing that's ever happened for his foot. It was the the lockdown period of being unable to play that that caused it to to worsen so significantly because he's had it his whole career, of course, but it's suddenly become. More acute. So I'm taking from that on to David that you are unprepared to make any Rafael Nadal base predictions using the foot as a get out. Just, I mean, look, I find it impossible to to confidently say either way because it is all on the foot. There is, I don't think there's any opponent that's going to get in the way of him in the the quarterfinals. But I, I was enthused and encouraged by how jolly he looked in the practice session that I saw just clips of um, and if anyone knows Jolly David if well, anyone's Jolly radar I've seen Jolly in the mirror today <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I just think maybe maybe there's having seen what I saw in Australia I don't think anything can be ruled out with the down now oh gosh oh, no absolutely no, no. totally on board with that take yeah that, that, I'm not ruling anything out. But that at changed all. I'm my perception. For a very specific prediction. I'm going to say that that match will happen. Mm. I think it will. I think some people will look at Nadal's round two as quite interesting. He starts against Jordan Thompson. It's then either Corentin Moutet, who we know to be fun, or Stan Wawrinka. 
Oof. And I'm just going to get ahead of this and say Wawrinka Nadal is always basically a non-event. Yes. They have played 22 times. All but one have been straight sets. I barely remember any of those and the, 22 And the one times. that wasn't straight sets was the Australian Open final, yeah, where, which, was... which was compromised by Nadal's back. That, that, that's a rivalry. They've just been barely any good matches in that, in that head-to-head. That? It's bizarre. That, I'm ex- I can't. I can't, I, I can't make sense that. of it. I can remember. Really. I can't they, remember them playing rem- five times. I can remember bigging up some some Barinka Nadal matches in anticipation of them. Yeah, that, I can't ever remember us talking about one that, in retrospect. In that any French detail. Open, you were you were massively on board with that French Open mm. final, and I remember you mm. you being persuaded by the the final record that mm. Vavrinka went in with. But then it was six two, six three, six one. It wasn't, it wasn't a, a great match. take. It wasn't. It wasn't no, one but of my the, best I understood the sense behind it because I remember sitting there listening to you and thinking, kind of know what you mean. But same time, matchups are everything. And and Nadal's able to take his time away so easily with the hooked forehand cross court because the the big wind ups don't really work very well against Nadal when Nadal's just able to swipe. You know. mm. I think I think we're going to get Nadal Djokovic, mm. and I think we're going to get Alcaraz, probably Djokovic. But I absolutely share your I, after seeing what I saw in Australia. Anything is possible. Yeah. P.S. He's a thirteen-time champion. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if it's not Djokovic Alcaraz ultimately in that semi. Um, but it's. Just on the so on on your first question, it is an interesting one because I think so many people do like to build towards a particular final and have the the biggest two names. I loved it last year having that Nadal Djokovic semi final. I love all that. So, and it didn't disappoint for me. I, I'd much rather have them all in there together. And if Sitsipas gets to the final, it's still a great narrative, isn't it? Mm. You know, back to back finals. Can he? get over the line this time yeah yeah absolutely oh by so, the way if, can I just draw your attention to a first round I've just seen as well uh, Denis Shapovalov against Holger Rune oh yeah that's quite an interesting one that's a very sort of um, oh, it's been a day help me with an, an analogy here I want a sort of um, you're going to say next gen against like, no what? I definitely wasn't going to say next gen um, it's a very sort of backwards baseball cappy <laughs> kind of a vibe that isn't flashy. it flashy yeah confirmed to me today that um, Denis Shapovalov and Jamie Delgado are no longer working together which uh, I have to say I find surprising it was Denis's decision and um, and I'm surprised by it I, th- I think that, that Jamie Delgado, having worked with Andy Murray and seen what it takes, was exactly the sort of kind of message giver that Shapovalov needed. Uh, somebody to lay out what's required. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm reading that, uh, that Shapovalov, now coached by his fellow Canadian, who I think is also an active player, Peter Polanski, um, and I, I just find it surprising. Maybe it'll be a g- stroke of genius, but... Um, I rather suspect That's not. That's very um, player-manager Rude Hullet, isn't it? 
except that Rudolf it was very good. <laughs> and may, maybe Peter Blansky <laughs> will be an amazing coach. I have no idea, but I'm, I'd be more surprised than if Jamie Delgado was in charge. Yeah, yeah, it surprised surprised me as well. I, I was surprised not to see uh, Jamie Delgado with him in Madrid, but assumed it was a you know a temporary thing. Um, I suppose it's possible that Shapovalov sort of took what he wanted from Delgado in terms of the pointers of how to be a professional at the very top level, which of course Delgado would know from his many years with Andy Murray and. And that's what he wanted him for more than the sort of day-to-day tactical management or technical management. Who who knows? But and maybe Peter Plansky is a great technician and tactician. Time will tell. Mm. Two, two of the quick first rounders that I picked out. One was uh, in proper throwback news: Gilles Simon against Pablo Carreno Buster. I mean, it's like. Oh. It's like they've decided to put that one out there for, for Simon's final Grand Slam and say, I'll tell you what, live in the past, Gilles. Um, and then there's also uh, Joe Wilfred Songer, who's playing his uh, final French Open final tournament, isn't it? Um, and he's playing against Casper Ruud in the first round. Mm. So, yeah, Gilles Simon, his final French Open, and Songer, his final final tournament altogether. They're both coming into uh, to Media Day tomorrow, which we will be attending in full force. There's no trains that can get in the way of that, is there? <laughs> Again, David, don't tempt fate. I I wouldn't put it past Eurostar to find a way to ruin <laughs> tomorrow as well. I've never been here before, so I don't know where where, where I'm going. You better take me the right way. <laughs> it is way. not far away, David. It's okay. a delightful stroll down the road. Um, we found ourselves an absolutely glorious little Airbnb, and uh, we're extremely pleased to be here so yeah we uh, we start off in earnest tomorrow with media day and starting off media day in earnest will be Iga Sviantek coming to face the press at midday and I think she's you know I bet she's on time but she's bang on time top tennis players world number ones they're so rarely on time are they but I just I just feel really confident that she will be. That's, I hope she is. That's now you said is, that, isn't because because uh, I would think the same, and I, I'll be really pleased if she is. I've never been in a press conference with Igor Swiatek, I don't think. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her. What's her draw like, Matt? Well, I would probably have said that there's no such thing as a bad draw for Swiatek really, in this tournament. I couldn't really envisage one, to be honest, because she's just been so dominant. What I would say is there are a couple of players who she could meet in the third round, in Ludmilla Samsonova, who obviously pushed her hard in Stuttgart, has the Samsonova trophy, the plate for getting a set off Sviantek, (laughs) the only one who's managed it in the last 43 sets. Um, that's in the third round and then a potential fourth round against either Simone Halep who is obviously incredibly experienced on clay who has beaten Sviantec at Roland Garros before or Yelena Ostapenko who is obviously a former champion and also the last player to beat Sviantec Was that Dubai? That was Dubai you know, obviously when, when Ostapenko was on just such a tear Yeah and that's the thing she's yeah. barely won a match since very different conditions, Dubai versus Roland Garros. I'm still absolutely backing Sviantec in, in these matches if they if they happen. But 
there are a couple of names there who, if you were creating the worst possible path for Sviontek, you might have thrown in Samsonova, Ostapenko, Halep. So I don't think it's easy, but I also don't think it's hard because she's just that good. You haven't mentioned any of the other sort of top seeds there. Where Where is Bedosa, for example? Where is, I know Barbora Krajikova is, is such a question mark because she hasn't played, but she is the defending champion. Um, where's she falling in the draw? So Badosa is in Sviontek's half, so that's a potential semi-final. That, that feels like a long way for mm. Badosa to get. I don't understand what's happening with Badosa at the moment. I really don't. As far as I can tell... I mean, look, it's not going horribly. She's not losing first round. Um, but when you've picked her to win every tournament since <laughs> Australia... When you've picked her to win every tournament, it feels pretty horrible. <laughs> um, oh, she, I picked her to win every tournament because I watched her in Sydney. She was and amazing. Just, she was amazing. She was so good. Well, I've picked her at least twice as well. Um, and I think and she, it's I just, agree with you. It's, as I say, it's not a disaster. She's not falling apart. And that's almost... If she were having a disaster... I would think, oh, well, there's obviously something going on, whether it's, you know, physical or personal, whatever it is, there's obviously something up with her. It's sort of not bad enough for it necessarily to be attributable to anything in particular. Maybe she's just not playing as well this season. I well, don't know. Yeah. Or... Uh, we, we, we could do with trying to ask her that, you know, mm. if, she can, if she can put her finger on it, uh, if she's got any intel to share on that. I mean, Why aren't you delivering on my predictions, Paola? Yeah. Let's get let's cut to the important <laughs> stuff here. I mean, I do, I do think there is a possibility that whilst yes, she she flew out of the blocks with that win. I wonder whether she caught herself just assuming that this is how things will be now. No, I'm not trying to say she was complacent, but when you've got having great results and she's got such a good game, and when you're you're believing in yourself. And then you you probably just expect it to happen. And when it, and then she had that that loss at the Australian Open, you know, heavy heavy loss, disappointing defeat, and and I think that that can probably that can rock players sometimes. It can stop them in the tracks and make them wonder, well, oh, oh, okay, well, it's not it's not as easy as as, as maybe I thought it was going to be. I was. Who knows? Might have even been looking ahead to the next round or something like that. You know, or the or the. Who who she might end up f- playing further down the road, and I I think you can then start to worry as a player. You can start to be aware of your ranking, which has only ever gone up in the last eighteen months. Because when you're low down, it's easier to go up. And now she suddenly hasn't got very far to go. Now she's suddenly being written about, talked about as somebody who we think and lots and lots of people are writing and thinking, is going to reach mm. the final and win one of these things. That's a lot of pressure. So mm. who knows whether that might be a factor. Apologies, Paola, for all the pressure. Yeah. I won't be picking you for this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's, she's nailed on, folks. <laughs> so uh, top half, you've got Svantec. Obviously, all of your eyes instantly go to Svantec. But Doss is in there as well. Matt's mentioned Simona Halep, Jessica Bagula. Um, is in the top quarter. In the second quarter, um, Paola Bedosa is the uh, the highest seed in there. You also got uh, Arena Sabalenka, who I forgot to even look out for in mm. the draw. Which, considering she was so firmly in the mix last year after winning 
winning Madrid is you know, um, is quite a a tumble. What what strikes me above all else, looking at this draw, is how few players feel like they're in really good form. You've got well because she <laughs> won everything. You've got Barty who's retired. And she was winning everything at the start. Now you've got Svantec dominating the, the circuit. And you've got, got a bit of Von Stuber. Yeah, who, I, who, who else? I think I there's, a, there's a bit of a period of shock happening in women's tennis. Nobody expected this with Iga Svantec. I think she will pull others up with her. But I think there's a bit of a period of readjustment here. And, and the, the tour's in a bit of shock, it feels to me. Yeah, I think we're so look, used to looking at these women's draws at majors in particular, and thinking, yeah, she's got a chance, she's got a chance, she's got a chance. But names that we would ordinarily think that about, for whatever reason, we're maybe not thinking that this time. You know, just Krejcikova, we've not seen her for so long. She is in this draw. She practised today at Roland Garros. She's the second seed. (laughs) She's the defending champion. Uh, She's got a new clothing sponsor at last. She won't be in the same kit that she's been wearing for the last year. But I'm not looking at her thinking I'm confident she's going to make a run. You've also got um, Muguruza in terrible form, a losing record this year. David and I watched her disintegrate, really, against Trevisan in Rabat just a couple of days ago. The game is all over the place. We we were sitting on Catherine's sofa while you were out. Um, Nigh on hiding behind the sofa watching this this, this result. Guadalajara wasn't that long ago. No. She was a she setup, was so wasn't she? Happy she was in, in charge. Set and a break. And then it just. Wow. She, she couldn't put balls in the court, really. Gosh, confidence and if you is think everything. The previous tournament, she'd had that set to with Putin Saver, and she kind of came out on the wrong end of that one as well. Um, see, t- see also Annette Contivate, by the yeah. way, who's in that bottom half of the draw. Where is her form? She'll tell you so what, she curse, doesn't like Clay either. Curse of having a great. End of season. Mm. I've done this before, but I, uh, the player I, who stands out to me in the bottom of half of the draw, other than Anstiver, who you would kind of expect to be coming through that. I mean, that, that section, her well, quarter I'm, is. I've deliberately tough. left that quarter yeah. to last because okay, it's I'll the leave most you to delicious. I think David, the one in the other quarter, in the bottom quarter of the entire women's draw, I'm looking at Coco Goff mm. personally, because and I've done this before, and she's she's not produced, but. I think she played pretty well um, last week in Rome. She had a couple of good wins. And I just look at the players you mentioned. Krishikova has no form because we don't know where she is. Um, Muguruza has no form at all. Mertens has been injured. Kontovate's not been playing well. Teichmann. I like Jill Teichmann there. Yeah. Azarenka, I guess, has had a, a good... Um, a good performance against Svantec despite losing 6-4, 6-1. You've, you've breezed past Jill Teichmann, David. Yeah, she's a good player. She, she, you're right, she could be one. But I, I'm going Coco Goff, I think. It's, it's certainly a good draw for Coco Goff, without question. There is there is an opportunity there, absolutely. In fact, that is that is the whole quarter of the draw with the most opportunity because the big names, the seeds that have fallen in there are, have no form to their name whatsoever. So the third quarter of the draw, the top of the bottom, folks, this is where... It's at. This is where the magic is happening, <laughs> folks. It is great. You've got Anjabur at the top of it. You've got Maria Sakkari at the bottom of it. In theory, I suppose, they're favourites to meet in the quarterfinal, which would be, of course, a rematch of their 
well, Zachary would probably call it harrowing <laughs> encounter in Rome last week, uh, when she didn't she didn't hold match points, did she? But she was a set in five two six one five six two. one five two, um, and just tightened up, fell apart, just utter disaster for uh, for Maria Zachary. But standing in the way of that potential rematch. You've got the following names, Petra Kvitova, Angelique Kerber, Emma Raducanu, Belinda Bencic, Leila Fernandez, Amanda Anisimova, and Naomi Osaka. And Bianca Andreescu. Oh, did I miss... Oh, it's because she's not in bold, Not in Matt. bold, I know, you whizzed past. Sorry. <laughs> Only the seeds are in bold. Karolina Mukova is also in there. Yeah, it's really happening in this section of the draw. I love it. I feel for the the players that are in that section. I mean, you've got in in a list of about eight names, you've got Raducanu, Bencic, Andreescu, uh, Fernandez. I mean, Medenovic is in there as well, which should be a thing, but isn't really anymore. Um, of course, the pick of all of it is a first-round meeting between Amanda Anisimova and Naomi Osaka, in which I would call Anisimova a heavy favourite. Yeah, me too. Far greater confidence on clay. She's already beaten Osaka on a hard court this year, so what must you take from that going into a match on clay? Um, I I felt really good about Anisimova coming into this French Open. I, I would have really thought she would have a strong tournament. It is a tough draw because... Okay, she's the strong favourite against Osaka, but, you know, Zachary's in there, um, all these names we've mentioned, just to try and get to the quarterfinals. But I think Anisimova's tennis on clay is much more developed than Naomi Osaka's at this point, and I would be backing Anisimova in that match. Mm, Osaka's got a, still has a mental block on surfaces other than hard court, I think. Been There's, injured as well been injured i mean it's just things are stacking up against her i think and she needs matches to find comfort that's it's a disaster of a draw for her i think yeah no i'd agree and and i i mean the fact that she pulled out of rome is concerning physically so um yeah but it is a it's a cracking section of the draw i I agree i mean i was uh, looking at uh the potential for Andrescu against Leila Fernandez. Oh. Potential third round. Yeah. Yeah. Mind you, Andrescu might have to be benched first. So I'd love to watch that. I mean, I want. To, I just want to watch all of these matches from this section of the draw. I really do. Um, yeah, Trevisan, who you mentioned, just beat Muguruza and, of course, went on that run here a few few years ago. She would be a, a second-round opponent for Ons Jabeur. Magda Lynette, not, not a brilliant opening round, I wouldn't say, no. for Jabeur. That's and tricky. And, and I'm just, we were talking, speculating, I was, about Badossa and how she's handling the situation she's in by being a player that everybody's looking at right now. We don't know how Ons Jabeur is going to come into this tournament and feel about things when... We're all thinking she's going to make a big run, which I think probably I I would be given what I've just seen. So will she handle it? I hope, I hope she does. Same. I really, really, you know, obviously I don't think any of us are picking Jabeur to win the French Open 
because she's not called Iga Svantec. But I just so desperately hope she delivers on sort of a new level of expectation for her. And I'm sorry for being part of the problem of placing that expectation on her shoulders, but I mean it with the greatest of compliments. Um, come on, Ons. <laughs> Don't do a bedossa on me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Right then, I think that's your draw dissected. Obviously, you know, we'll... We're going to be talking it to death over the course of the next few days. We'll be coming to you tomorrow after media day. All the big names coming in. All the big names. We'll be drilling them. Grilling them, not drilling them. (laughs) Oh, dear, folks. Again, blame the Eurostar. (laughs) I have to say, despite uh, the Eurostar, you know, what happened on the Eurostar (laughs) happened. Let's take that approach. Nice to be doing a Grand Slam preview and not watching a court hearing as we yes. were four or five mm. months ago. You know, literally we landed in Australia and it was like, right, court hearing. Yes. <laughs> yes, we did our first grocery shop um, on the eve of the tournament. We had to stop in the street, drop our bags because... Djokovic was deported. <laughs> the world number one was deported. So, if... If traumatic Eurostar drama is as bad as it gets, then we're uh, we're doing all right. And I've tempted fate again. Um, no, look, we we absolutely can't wait 
for this Grand Slam to get underway, David, in particular. In fact, I'm going to send him to bed now because he's been too pumped all day (laughs) and he needs a lie down. It is wonderful to be here. It really is. Thank you to friends of the Tennis Podcast for enabling us to be here. If you'd like to become a friend, if you're not already, uh, then the link is in our show notes. Um, Please... Please do that if you fancy it. Sign up to the newsletter if you haven't already. They will be daily throughout Roland Garros. And for the duration, we have a very special mascot brought to you uh, by longtime listeners and many time emailers, Drew and David. Hello, Drew and David. We love you. Thank you for bringing Cooper into our lives. Uh, David and Drew adopted Cooper from the Madison, uh, the Madison, Wisconsin Humane Society in 2013 and moved to Chicago in 2015. Cooper enjoys sunny naps and begging for wet food. His brother from another mother, Francis, was last year's US Open mascot. They're best friends and love to snuggle. Cooper is a jet black, very delicate looking cat, actually. Very, well, very feline. What a stupid thing to say, Catherine. <laughs> Oh, dear. Um, no, Cooper really is lovely. I had a black cat as a kid. So I, um, I, well, I had one ginger cat, one big fluffy ginger cat and one black cat. And they hated one another. Uh, but I loved them both very much. And Cooper is lovely. There's Cooper, David. Oh, gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, Cooper will feature in our newsletter, on our social media channels. Speaking of social media channels, folks, if you'd like uh, a more... A more vivid idea of how the day <laughs> panned out today, uh, then head to our Instagram because it is it is chronicled in graphic and harrowing detail, uh, and it's a story, so it won't be there forever. So at Tennis Podcast on Instagram, David's been watching it on a loop. <laughs> it's one of my favourite. David's going to do Tennis Relived the day we went to Paris Instagram relived and I'm going to quit the podcast right on that note folks it's great to have your company for this French Open we can't wait we of course have our usual mascots I've got Carter don't worry Carter we're not picking Paola Bedosa David's got Darwin Matt has got Gerald the cat may he rest in peace we have our executive producers chris albert lee and kyle weingartner are we doing shout outs matt or should we save shout outs for tomorrow we can do some hey let's have some roland garros shout outs two pumps david two pumps (laughs) (laughs) we have joel berger in new mexico all right joel my uh my brother spent a year in new mexico oh did he yeah in albuquerque in, oh, 2005, in fact, 2006. I can be more specific. That is where Joel is from. Oh, brilliant! Right, yeah. He, um, yeah, he lived in Albuquerque for a year. I think it was. It was. It was an eventful year. It was. A, it was a. It was a wild time. Mm. Yeah. Hello, Joel. Thank you very much for your support. Yeah. Trying to imagine math. Your brother having a wild time in New Mexico is like trying to imagine the Lost Law years. Is it? Wow. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't compute with what i know now oh uh, stand stand by once we finish recording i'll show you um the photo he used for his jerry springer application circa <laughs> 2005 his what next shout out <laughs> what application? His jerry springer application no chance really yeah what was he doing on it 
He didn't go on Jerry Springer. It was just, it was, just a, it was a, it was all a joke. Oh, okay. But I think he did apply. Well, he told me he applied anyway. Right. Yep. My brother didn't go on Jerry Springer, folks. <laughs> He's an entirely normal, conventional. Um, what can I say that won't make him hate me? Salt Man. of the earth, chap. Salt, salt of the earth, great brother. Hi, Math. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hi, Joel. Thanks for your support. We have Steve Duffy from Walton on Thames. We know Steve, don't we? That must be Stephen Duffy. Gets in touch with us on, on Twitter. Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's possible <laughs> there's two. But anyway, we love you both. We sure do. And Steve, Cheers, Stephen. Steve loves Medvedev and Muguruza. Oh. Could be a tricky round on Garros, <laughs> I think. <laughs> Imagine if they got won the double. Mm. Wonder, I mean, that so. shouldn't be as far fetched yeah. as it is. I mean, it, it sounds seems... it sounds preposterous. Yeah, just truly really ima- preposterous. Imagine the points I'd get. Yeah, if I went with them two. Yep. Thank you, Steve, <laughs> and hello. And finally, we have Jonas, who is in Iraq, although Jonas is Swedish. Oh wow! Hello, right, Jonas. Jonas. Like, I mean, all the Jonases. Mr. Bjorkman. Bjorkman. I thought there were more when I said all the onuses. <laughs> I, I now can't think of any more. You've overpromised. Jonas Olsen, the West Brom champion, centre half of a few like years ago. Brothers. To be honest, we only need the two. Yeah, this Jonas and Jonas Bjorkman. Yeah. That'll do. Thank you very much, Jonas. It is great to have your support. Uh, I'm sure you'll agree. It's probably best that we wrap up this podcast <laughs> now. Got a bit delirious. <laughs> It's been a long day. Yeah, let's get this show off the road. Uh, Thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back tomorrow. We can't wait. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.